Toronto proud to announce from Zurich, Men's League Switzerland, from US program, Austin Matthews. Okay, here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 395,000th day of quarantine. It feels like maybe the 300-something thousandth minute. Not sure. Time is meaningless now. The end is nigh. And there's craziness going on. Um, sorry for the regular inefficiencies of this recording time, as things are kind of weird right now with the amount of people around all the time. But there's nothing I can do about that, so that's life. Uh, today I'm going to talk about what do you think? <laughs> Potential future implications of what's going on. Just some basic news that was kind of interesting. And that's about it. I might touch on a couple other things I have listed, but I'm not going to say it and not do it like I've done before. Because I know that can be kind of annoying. Um, so, just going right into it. The new rates of corona increase are kind of freaky. Um, when you look at like original projections what people were thinking like oh NHL should shut down for at least a month or or whatever it'll be fine there's no way it's only gonna last a month it's not even close um, if you've been following the recent rises and changes of infection rates if you look at I think it's the world if you just google like infection rates by country it's like the World Health Organization has a little a website that tells you the recent changes and all that and on there like I believe it was on Thursday is when I noticed or Wednesday um, China was still number one US was like 10,000 behind them and now they're I just checked it like a few minutes ago they're close to doubling them um, Canada is quite slow which is pretty good I don't know exactly why it's so different between the two countries but uh, I don't know, personalities, how everything's locked down there. I'm not really sure. But it, anyway, it is vastly different. So let's say even in a month, if things were to slow down a lot in Canada, there is no way it's going to do that in the States. Like you have progressively quicker spi or larger spikes um, going on in the U.S. and, you know, just steady ones in Canada. And Canada's going to want to keep it like that. So even if it toppled off down here and it was basically, you know, completely under control or whatever they thought was under control, they wouldn't open up the borders to let people in um, from a place where it's like completely out of control, it seems. And because obviously that could just spark a new um, jump in it. And even if it was like somehow the NHL gets into some agreement with the... Uh, Sorry, bump something. Uh, they get into some agreement with the um, uh, Canadian government, like, oh, well, you know, just, just let the teams in and we'll have small games. Like, we won't have a lot of fans or no fans. Um, and we'll just do it that way. They're going to be like, well, 
if they let them in, then every other business that, or person that's been restricted is like, well, why can't we go? Why are these sports people are so important? Uh, it's, it's pretty messed up. Kind of leads me to the my main idea for how they're going to fix this in a bit, but basically, if you look at things objectively at this point, um, a, I think six weeks added minimum from now is the best thing you could think of for any type of like point where you would look at it and go, okay, from here, let's let's see what's going on. Now, some people have been pointing to uh, China and going, oh, well, look, they put all these hyper restrictions and the infection rates are super low, deaths are really low, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they, you know, it's like a three month timeline since it really took off there till now. So that if you fit that model into the U.S., it should be fine. You know, U.S. is slightly bigger, I think. It's just a little bit bigger in China. Or it's similar size um, space-wise, but their population is a lot smaller so and spread out. So it should be a lot easier um, to curb the, the spread there and, and then get it manageable. So like, oh, two months is probably reasonable. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe everything that's coming out of the Chinese government for these reports, mainly just because there hasn't, you know, they... They had the whole issue with like jailing the doctors who were coming out and trying to report like, hey, this is a problem, this is a problem, do something about it. Um, I don't know how much this is correct, it's just speculation I've heard online, but that's just one of those things where like, it does seem kind of odd that their infection rates were like in the thousands and increasing, hundreds dying a day to all of a sudden it's like almost the exact same number increasing um, in deaths and infections, which is strange. Like you'd think it'd still be a little bit higher and not oddly like 50 and 5. Like, it's just really weird. But anyway, that doesn't really matter because even if it was over there and um, but it was perfectly fine over there, that doesn't matter if it's like still spreading around here and spreading in the US. So none of this is going to change anytime soon, um, which sucks. But thankfully, there are some good stories coming out of this. Uh, one of my favorite stories this week was the Bauer mask thing. Um, obviously, they're a big company. They want to make money. And with the way things were right now, nobody's buying like helmets and whatever else they make. Um, but they were able to retrofit some of their equipment in their factories. And they were able to get approval from the government to make um, ventilators and masks and stuff. Or like masks and protective breathing apparatuses. Which is super cool. Um, I didn't. I've never been in a factory like that. Well, I've been. I've been in oil places, like production lines like that. But I've never seen an assembly line of like those kind of common products. So it was kind of impressive that they were able to do something like that. I wonder how many companies would be able to do that. Uh, could you really ramp it up really fast? It'd be like similar to the World War Two war efforts, where the U.S. wasn't in at war and they just like suddenly were, so then they just turned every factory from making like tractors to like tanks and guns and all kinds of stuff. It's cool to see that kind of innovation coming in and it'd be nice to see more of it. Um, and I just kind of wonder like how this all is going to affect manufacturing and all that kind of stuff, even hockey sticks. Um, a lot of them were being made somewhere near the Wuhan province and they were shut down. Uh, if you guys remember that there was a big shortage and the NHL was like, some teams were starting to hoard sticks because they were like, oh crap, we won't be able to get any. Um, little do they know, no one's going to get them now. No one's even playing. 
Um, but yeah, hopefully they'll be able to make some of those changes and maybe produce things more locally so you don't have this like cross-cultural spread like that all the time. Just in case of emergencies like this. Um, and one thing I was thinking of, may as well just get into it now, is how would they possibly do the playoffs at this point? Because I can't see, there's no way this is going to settle itself by July. Like, I just don't believe it. To the point where things are just open up again. And now, I talked last week about how they had all these different playoff ideas and these scenarios of, like, maybe play um, the rest of the season by, like, late August or September or something, and then get right into the playoffs after that, do the regular style. Uh, I don't really think that's going to work anymore. Like, I think it's going to get too crunched down. And it's going to be a really strange scenario if you have, like, these intense hockey games. Or, like, you have, like, these, like, a five-game buy-in or something. And then all these intense games, and then they, they would have to have, like, a two-week break slash transition where they have the draft, free agency, um, like two exhibition games and then they just get right into the season as fans i think that would a lot of that's kind of cool but i don't know how that's actually going to work um for a lot of the players and it and especially like if things don't open up anytime soon like they might just have to do like a tournament style at one location you know similar to how they had the world cup of hockey just i think did they did um it was in toronto right yeah they just did it in toronto they might have to do something like that where they pick a location and go, look, we're just going to have to have the playoffs here. We can't have people flying around all over the place in this scenario. And so what they could, I mean, it might flood an area, so I don't know how badly that's going to work or how well that will work. But at least you could have like a bunch of teams show up or have like four different areas or something. Um, then just split the profits with the league. But you, you have a bunch of teams show up to one area. They all go through like a quarantine, like, a week or two or whatever it takes um and then they just play like a tournament style and at the end of that tournament style they would play maybe teams from the other group and so you'd have a lot less traveling instead of every team just flying all over the place for uh two crazy weeks and then going right into the playoffs i don't know it's all it's all pretty nuts and like, something like that would probably not involve the teams that are outside of the playoffs, so... Like I said, that's probably why you'd have to do some type of profit sharing, so they could at least, like, mitigate the losses throughout the league. Um, if they agreed to something like this, I'm sure a lot of teams are going to fight that top and bottom. Obviously, the top teams are like, no, we were then there, we should get all the money, screw them. Bottom teams are like, well, we didn't get a chance to play the whole season, like, we're just losing out no matter what. Some of those, some of them didn't play as many games as the other teams. So what are they supposed to do? And then if next season, if something goes on with the cap and they have to screw around with it, the teams that had trouble paying their bills and maybe didn't do so well this year, um, they're going to be like, no, lower the cap. We're going to have to cut salary. We can't compete with this level of uh, salary that everyone else is going to be able to have. Um, so this is just not fair for us. Like We've been screwed by this unfairly. And they'd have a point by that. And then the other teams at the top are like, no, no, we're fine like Toronto, Boston, Chicago, New York, like we make tons of money, what do we care about the rest of you? Like we just want to go and win. And a lot of these teams did better this year, they're closer to the playoffs, like they're not going to want to have to hold back because the other teams are struggling. 
So the best option might just be like a super condensed tournament style that's just in a couple locations at most, two or sorry, two to four at most, and then just settle it that way and just move on. Other than that, like just giving up on the entire season would pretty much suck for everybody involved, not just the fans, but the players who played and the teams who, you know, maybe were doing well and were like, yeah, let's see if we could win this year. Like, it's just, you know, it's not going to be good for anybody, almost in any scenario, so you may as well do something and just spread out the benefits to everybody. And one article I read uh, recently was McDavid saying, well, you can't just jump right in the playoffs. That's true under normal circumstances, but in this scenario, like, you pretty much are going to have no option. You're going to have, like, some practice days, and then it's like, all right, just get into it kind of reminds me of the whole Olympics scenario where players usually have like a few days off and then they're just thrown into a scenario where they all have to just work together. Um, they get like one or two games and then they immediately get into it. Um, they could do something like that and the Olympics usually only take like, was it three, it's only like three or four weeks or something, the whole tournament for the hockey part of it. They might just have to follow a format like that that just Honestly, they would just make way more sense than trying to get the same amount of games this year and not lose anything, um, even by extending it next year. Um, because then you're just gonna you're gonna have a period from like, even, let's say in best August till next June where they were just playing hammered crazy hockey, like the whole time. Like in season competitions for most players. Um, even when it's just an 82 game season plus whatever 20 something games in the playoffs is hard enough tack on like another what would it be It'd be like 10 it could be at 30 games you could tack on another 30 games at the beginning of that and just wait and see the the rates of injuries and like you could have career ending career ending injuries you could have like boring games where the players are just super tired by the end of the year or like some of the best players just aren't even playing because they can't like handle the workload anymore even the older players like players like Ovechkin or something even though he's been kind of a beast his whole career I mean it's going to catch up with him eventually and like what if you're really trying to push it to make these players play as much as possible and to get as much of the money as possible that they should have had if the whole season play is just poss possibly just going to ruin certain people for the rest of their career and not only that, there's the lead-in into the the next season. So you have the 2020 season that we're in now, you have 2021 that's affected, but then the 2022 season, you know, everyone's going to have this huge period of hockey. Regular summer, but then they're back into it. It's like, is that going to be long enough for most people? Like, this is going to have, like, um, ridiculous ramifications for the next couple of years, until, unless there's like some type of break or agreement or something between the players or like a strike which I hope that doesn't happen there's also a couple other issues with the whole transition between the end of the season to the regular season because typically there's a few months in between so you have you have the draft then you have a few weeks and you have the um, free agency deadline and you have a couple months to adjust and there's training camp all that kind of stuff if you're a free agent and let's say they decide like okay we're just gonna have a quick week where we do all that stuff 
you're a free agent, you're going to have to quickly re-sign with the team, move in like an extremely short period of time, get adjusted to the team, and then get on the team. Like we could see probably one of the worst like free agency new players to a new team transitions in a long time because they're not going to have the same um, lead over that they've typically had in the past. And how is that going to affect like their decisions to actually want to move on? Like how many players are going to be like, yeah, I'll just leave now. I'll just take off. Like are they, are they going to ask to like maybe stay around a bit longer? I wonder if the NHL would ever actually allow players to like, like their contract actually ends in July. So when the new like end of the season starts, would they just let them play for their new teams? I mean, it might make a lot more sense just to do that kind of stuff right now. Just allow July 1st to happen, which kind of sucks for the teams that play paid um, a big price to get, like, players at the end of the trade deadline. And then, you know, hoping they're going to have them for this extra run. Um, but then they end up not having them at all. Like, I mean, it'd be fair if they could do something with that, but honestly, like, what are you supposed to do? Because these are people too, and you can't just like try and make it work for every team, for one team at a time. And you can't have them sign beforehand. Like, okay, you can sign contracts with your new teams to get sorted where you're going, but you have to finish out your contracts with your previous team. Because if any team ends up playing against that the team that they're going to, like, are they going to want to do that? Like, would they just like cut off their contract or not try as hard or? You know, is that just going to leave a sour taste in the other team's mouth if they, this player comes out and just stomps them and then like two weeks later that they're switching teams? And then if you're looking at, I don't know what you guys think, but if you're looking at new players that are com coming into the league, like the rookies from the upcoming draft or players like, what's his name, Robertson, that the Leafs might want to play for them next year. Um, they're not going to have any kind of transition to get in there. They're not even going to have as much off-season as they normally would have to prepare if they were going to make the jump. And now they're suddenly going to have to, like, maybe just get fi find out, like, the week before, oh, yeah, you're, you, uh, you have one game or one or two quick exp exhibition games to make the team. If not, you're going to have to go back. I think in that case, a lot of the rookies would just be better off just saying, not this year, I'm just going to go to the the OHL or the WHL or the American Hockey League or whatever and uh, keep developing there because they don't want to have that like jump to the NHL not have the right prep time do way worse than they than they expected to and then um, maybe get caught in a scenario where they set their career back like a couple years or you know completely torpedo it at all because they just had this first introduction to the NHL that was uh, crazier than they expected or were able to handle and then they just lost their confidence or something like that Now that probably shouldn't happen for most of the really good players They should be mentally prepared for that kind of stuff for failure and overcoming it and all that kind of stuff But you know this could always cause like a few Really good players just slip under the cracks and then you know it's gonna, It just kind of ruins the product of the the league for the next few years if you lose like five or ten good rookies out of this um and I just think if I was advising anybody out there who was ready, thinking they were ready to make the transition, I think they should just take a year and go back to college hockey if possible or the or juniors or something. Um, or go over to the Swiss League like or uh, the Swedish Elite League or the KHL because this is like, 
this isn't normal, and so to expect that you should have this normal jump or whatever everyone was telling you um, definitely isn't a good idea. And if you're a big Leafs fan and you're looking at players like Nick Robertson, you're like, oh, this guy could really fill a spot. We could get rid of somebody more expensive, get a little bit of a break for three years until he has to pay, until he gets paid more. Um, you definitely don't want that ruined by just crappy circumstances. Um, you, know, you kind of want to treat it as if this is a team, like your team, uh, is coming in and maybe you're, they're expected to have a bad year, so you don't want a rookie around that. Like, this is where you really would want to rely on veterans to just sort of carry the load and not try and put people in a crappy situation where if they don't succeed, they might not be able to get out of it. Um, but yeah, that's it for me this week. Uh, thanks for chatting with me. I'll talk to you guys the same time next week.